Welcome back to the High Hopes Phillies Minor League Rundown. Jeff, you ready to talk a little minor league baseball? Anytime, anywhere. You're always ready to talk minor league baseball. And there's only one month left in the season, so people don't realize that it ends around Labor Day except for playoff. But when it comes to the Phillies, right now we got not one, but not two, but three teams that are possibly going to make the playoffs. The Iron Pigs are like eight games ahead. They're they're long gone. They're gonna win. They're gonna win theirs. The Blue Claws already won the first half, so they made it. And they're in first place in the second half. So if you're wondering what happens if you win both halves, is the team that comes. Do you in play second. each other? <laughs> yeah, they do a split squad. Split squad game, yeah. and then they come back together for the finals. Play and, your own players. And the Threshers have made a move because they keep getting all the Blue Claws pitchers. Um, David Parkinson just went up since he can't lose it at single A. He's been great. He has. Will Stewart pitched well again. Yes, he did. It's your boy. He had another five shutout innings, and then it started raining, so easy win. It, it's been fun to, to watch some of these players start to develop, and it's, it's funny. I get worried every time who the Phillies are going to trade in terms of a minor leaguer now that we follow them and, and know them a little bit better. So, you know, to, to watch what's going on in the system, you've got some players coming back. You mentioned Eikhoff in the last segment. He came back and pitched a couple innings the other day. Uh, Altair is now down at Lehigh Valley. Do you, do you think there's a chance that Altair comes back up this season? This or? season, no. He's I just... mean, I, look. Let me let me rephrase that. He he'll come back up for after September when they expand the rosters, but I don't think that he's going to be on the playoff. I, I don't know what they're going to do with it when they expand. Who knows? Um, do you like the the, the custom name stuff that's going on this weekend around the leagues i like it when people are creative i don't like it like pavetta just used pavetta nishak just used nishak like i like the fact like nicky dubs is is nick williams i think that's the winner for me you got big fella and bigger fella you got you got a king i like brad i like like brad buckberger's jersey well that's because you like emojis he's using emojis he has no names no nothing on there he's just got a box and a burger so that was creative minor league teams do some cool stuff though in terms of what they do and what's going on but let's let's talk about not well you're right about that except i did see and i cannot remember which team it was did some genius thing that was oj simpson's night so it was no simpsons but you were shooting R. Oranges oh, into something? Oh, no. How classless could you be? Oh, no. Yeah. That's no. So sometimes they just go a little off the, the edge. I wish you would have told me that before the show started because I didn't want to have a reaction on the air of, oh, no, like that. Well, you should have gone, don't. <laughs> right? Don't. <laughs> um, Lehigh Valley, let's let's talk about where they are right now. You got you got Cole Irvin. You've got Ranger Suarez there. You've got the, the pitchers still doing well. Uh, Hector Nares, you said he. they think that they found something there with him. Where do we stand in terms of players that are sort of on the, the precipice? you got Joey Manessas that it's just hitting the cover off the ball. Yeah, well, he's not coming up now because you got Justin Bohr, right? So, so, so where is he going to? He's a trade piece, I guess. I mean, I'm, you got Santana for another year. Boers, do they have Boer through 2020, right? He's through 2020. Right. So that's two years. I just, you know, you wonder. They, they, it's funny. They went and you from, got, And you got guys below that. 
Remember, they, you got Derek Hall, you got Austin Listy, you so, got Ortiz, so, yeah. you got, I mean, you got all kinds of guys. You got a lot guys. of first basemen, yeah. You got all kinds of guys. But we have the man on the air right now to ask Who's about this. Who's probably responsible for a lot of the first basemen. Why, why don't you ask him and introduce him, Jeff? So uh, we have Sal. Sal, you on the line? Absolutely. I'm hey, here. Sal, how you doing? Sal. I'm doing fantastic. Everything's going well. How are you guys doing? Well, Sal, we're, we're going we're gonna to punt on this. So could you pronounce your last name? <laughs> Jeff didn't want to screw yeah, up on I've you. Got, I've got Stanelli. I'm a... I, I'm Irish. See, I would have been right if we would have said that, but Jeff didn't. Jeff didn't want to screw it up on the air, so we let we let him go. <laughs> it's with that. all fine, believe me. So, so good. Sal Sal is joining us. Uh, he is the director of international scouting, and is responsible for a lot of the guys that that we have seen and see and probably will see in the future. I'm just going to read you the headline of a story that I found when I was doing a little research. Sal is the story of how an undersized Long Island catcher became one of the most influential <laughs> men in professional baseball. What do oh, you think God. when you see that headline? Nah, I, I think that's overrated. <laughs> I really don't. I don't think that about me at all. Nah, just, well, Jeff just doesn't get headlines like that, so <laughs> we take what we can get. <laughs> I think somebody paid that guy a lot of money, one of my family members. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, as a matter of fact, that's what the last name of was the person who said it, right? There you go. <laughs> so, well, you know, they're Italian. We, we wanted to get back. I mean, you have uh, discovered and, and helped develop so many of the players in the Philly system. And I just had the most basic question. What do you do looking at a 14, 15, 16-year-old to determine and and play out the fact that they are going to have the tools. I mean, I saw what you said about Sir Anthony Dominguez when you saw him in 2011. You know, he was throwing yeah. 87, 88, but, but you recognized his body and his sinker on his fastball. What is it that you look for in a player when you want to try and have that fit? Well, you know, first and foremost, I want to say it comes with the staff that I have, you know, the guys that, you know, uh, when I when I originally took the job in 1997, I was fortunate enough to know. You know, I played 11 years in the minor leagues, and I I know a, a friend of mine, Chalau Mendez, who's our Venezuelan. He's like my right hand man. Um, he knew many people in Latin America. You know, I knew many people from playing in the minor leagues, but obviously, I didn't know everyone within the context of you know each country. But Chalau is a you know well well respected, well known man in in Venezuela, Dominican. They all knew him. The Cubans knew him. So I was fortunate enough to have him come in, and then, you know, me and him over the years, we built a staff together, you know, Carlos Salas and all the guys. I don't want to miss any of the guys' names, but it all starts with those guys because without our guys and the Philadelphia Phillies allowing me to hire the guys that we needed to put in place, you know, we wouldn't, we, you know, we wouldn't be where we are today. I mean, you know, I'm not trying to be humble, but the bottom line is without those guys finding and digging these guys out, they show them to us and we try to make good decisions, but you know, once they show them to us, I think what it is, I, you know, I kind of, you know, impress on all the guys to make sure that, you know, we see these guys many multiple times to make sure we get to know the guys, make sure they can hit, you know, from an offensive standpoint, you know, make sure a guy like Freddie Galvez or Cesar Hernandez or, you know, Domingo Santana VR or any of the guys that we've signed over the years, you know, that have come out to Franco, You're like, you know, Kobe Perez pushed me on Franco. He really liked me. I've seen him many times. So, you know, and, you know, once I see him and he may have a bad day, but then they got to push me to say, look, he had a bad day. So there's a lot that goes into it. And I want to just give credit to a lot of the guys that, that work in the field. And, you know, I mean, obviously I've been fortunate enough to sign on, you know, many of the big league players on the team, but they have a lot to do with it. And that's, it's not only me, you know what I mean? So, 
basically, that's number one. But number two is, you know, what do I see on a Sir Anthony Dominguez? Um, basically, I'm a big arm action and delivery guy. When I see a guy, you know, right away, the first thing I look is, is, is he going to have command of the zone? Is, is his arm going to work? Is he going to be able to, you know, be big enough and strong enough to, you know, to, to be durable enough to, for, for the Philadelphia Phillies to use him at the big league level? Um, can he spin a slider or a curveball? And um, does he have movement on his fastball? So there's a lot of things that go into it. And I'm sorry, I don't want to make a dissertation, but that's basically what I look for, you know, as far as the pitch is concerned. So, so when you're looking at a hitter, like, like over the right. last last few years, like Carlos Carlos Toki, Carlos Toki right. was a guy Tochi. that Toki, yeah, well, well, I saw him at Lakewood for I think three years, <clears throat> and and he he was thin as a pencil, but he clearly yeah. showed talent. How how do you find a guy? who's playing against other guys that aren't necessarily major league level and figure that 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 16 year old who hasn't gone through his his growth spurt is going to develop a body who's going to be able to handle 162 games be able to hit for average and maybe hit for power like how do you figure that out you know believe it or not it's a lot of it goes into looking at the mom and dad you know a lot of times you look at them you know um you say to yourself, okay, um, I'm looking at the dad. The dad's 6'3", 220 pounds. He's got a good body. The mom, you know, the whole nine yards is, you know, a lot of it's genetics. Um, Carlos happens to be a guy that it took a long time. It's taking a long time. Now he's with Texas. Um, when I saw Carlos, he had unbelievable back control. He had good contact skills. He was a 6'6 runner at the time, and he was a fantastic center fielder. So at that juncture, you know, I took a shot on a guy, and I said to myself, you know what, um, I really like this guy's back control. I said, if everything happens and, you know, all the stars align, if he gains 20 or 30 pounds, you know, by the time he's 15 or 16, he'll wind up being a guy. Um, it took him a little longer. Obviously, he's still about a 175. He's playing. He's not, you know, you got rule five. And, you know, but so a lot of it's, you know, genetics, and a lot of it's just protecting, you know what I mean? Can you talk about the expansion and the effort that the Phillies have put into um, having more of an international program, the expansion of the Dominican facilities, and, and what you've been able to do in terms of basically creating a pipeline? I mean, Jeff and I have gone around, spent the summer going to a bunch of the different minor league teams in the Phillies system, and, I mean, you got players from all over the place there, and you helped to find them. Can you talk about the expansion of that program in the Phillies system? Well, you know, obviously, you know, we need resources. And um, number one, you know, you know, John Middleton, you know, the whole, everyone that's involved, I mean, from the top down, you know, Andy McPhail, Matt Clintac, Brian Minetti, all these guys, you know, you know, and going back with Benny Looper and Ruben, I mean, they put a lot of money into, you know, allowing me, trusting me to put a new facility. We have the most state-of-the-art facility in, in Dominican Republic right now. Uh, Brian Minetti came over last year. We put together an unbelievable uh, you know, in, um, Asian program. Right now we have some of the top scouts in Asia. We just added almost seven, eight scouts in Asia. We've added more scouts in Latin America. You know, we're doing more in Colombia. Um, we still, we're one of the only two teams to have a academy in Venezuela. Um, we're, you know, we're big in Venezuela. All that can't be done without the backing of the organization. And they fully backed us up. And, you know, we were fortunate enough, if you look at our team, you know, to get guys like, you know, Galvez and, 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 uh, what's his name? Uh, excuse me, uh, Cesar. Cesar Hernandez yeah. and, 
you know, obviously Rules is Rule Cabrera, but we have a lot of guys, uh, you know, uh, you know Herrera, and uh, you know we have uh, uh, Uribe Ramos. Um, there's a lot. We have a big culture of Venezuelans, and you know we want to be good in every country. And I think whether it's the United States, you know, Latin America, the Asian countries, the Philadelphia Phillies are completely engaged in trying to get the Phillies to be the top. So we, you know, we don't need any great facilities. We're getting backing from resources, and right now, thank God that they've given us an opportunity to go out and do this, and it's you know been a blessing. You know, I've noticed that with the Phillies, they do seem to be putting more into scouting at a time where I get concerned. See, I don't believe in analytics as much as a lot of people do. I believe that there's right. a place for it, but I believe that, that the human eye and, and scouts are more important to the game. And I noticed the other day the Mariners, I think, cut 10 scouts from from their system. Yeah. What is it about the Phillies that, that they're trusting in the process of scouting and using analytics versus just diving in and analytics replacing scouting? Well, you know, first and foremost, I mean, it's really important that we look at, you know, overall analytics is a fantastic tool for us to use. I mean, I always thought it was, you know, whether, you you know, we always need to find out the on-base percentage. We need to know things about the kids. And, you know, the numbers tells us a lot about the kids, but also your eyes tell you something also. So I think, from the both perspectives, the more if we have analytics, we have a great combination of, you know, you know, old time scouts and we have good new young guys that are giving us information and together we make the decisions. I mean, Matt's been fantastic with that. He takes us, he, he listens to what we have to say. He takes the numbers and he, and, and then he comes up with a, you know, with a good, you know, a good decision at the end of the day. And I think we really do. We need the numbers. We need good scouts. And I think at the end of the day, if you utilize both of them, we're going we're gonna to make good decisions. That's just my opinion. I, I truly believe that. You know what I mean? I really do. How do you as a scout not fall in love with the idea of somebody? I, I watch people all the time, and, and it happens ourselves. We watch players, and you see them perform really well one time, and, and it's kind of an anomaly. That's not who they are. How do you make sure you you don't fall in love and really do your due diligence to get some of the players that you've been able to identify? Is that a, a difficult process for you, or is it something that after all these years you're just kind of you look at it and you're like, oh, he's got it, he doesn't? You know what? You know what? The, that's a really good question, and the reason why it's a great question is because there's a lot of parts to scouting that people probably in the general audience they don't do it every day, so they don't understand um, in the international market. It's at times, you know, guys make, you know, you know, uh, you sign a guy at 16 years old. The guys are real young. You know, we have to take a lot into consideration. Number one is sometimes you go to a tournament, the kid's 16 years old, and you have to make a quick decision on the guy. The guy may have been hurt. The guy may have been this different reasons. Now you look at a guy and you say, geez, I got to make a decision. He's ready to sign. You know, I'm sitting here at a tournament. I'm looking at the Dodger scout, who's a good friend of mine, and I'm looking at the Mets scout, and I'm looking at the Yankee scout, and I'm and I'm saying, well, who's going to make the first call on you know throwing out money out there? <laughs> and sometimes when you see a guy's tools, you want to jump on the guy, and sometimes you just kind of say, well, I don't know what his makeup is, but his tools are so good. So even so, the, the bottom line, what it comes down to is, it's kind of a tricky deal. Ninety percent, ninety—I'd say ninety-five percent of the time—I do the due diligence to back up, make sure our scouts know the player. When we like a player, we find out about the family, we see where he comes from, you know, what kind of you know habits he has, you know, 
all the things that are important, especially if we're going to give a guy, you know, quite a sum of money. We want to make sure that he's the right kid for the Philadelphia Phillies. And we want to make sure that he has great makeup for the Philadelphia Phillies organization. Um, At times, it's difficult to do that. But I think overall, we do the best job we can to find out everything we can. I, I will get, I could tell you this, I will get very upset if somebody tells me a kid has tremendous makeup and when he comes, he doesn't have good work ethic because as you know, in baseball, if you don't have good work ethic, you won't go too far. Well, you know and, what I mean? And you, so we need to know those things. You mentioned the personality and the family, and that's one of the things that Jeff and I have been most impressed by going around to the teams is is some of these players, how, how mature they are and how grounded they are. And it seems like you you look for that as much as their ability to play. It It is that work ethic. It is that that drive to buy in and be the best that you seem to try and identify along with those those good uh, base to build off of from the experience that they have from their parents is if there's a ranking system what's the most important thing obviously they have to have a skill set but if they have a skill set and they they can't process it or they don't have the grounding the skills will be a waste what's the most important factor that you kind of rank as you go through that well i mean obviously there's a lot of different things number one is you know you know how stable is he like how how is his family life you know uh you know, is he is he a kid that, I mean, if he spends some time, fortunately, Major League Baseball allows us to keep a kid in the academy for 30 days. We're there for 15 days. We get to know the kid. Our coaches, our managers, they understand what we have to do. And we work together with Manny Amador and, you know, Carlos Salas and all the coaches, Lester Stryker. They have so much experience down there. If I leave a kid at the academy, sometimes when I'm there, they show their best behavior. When I'm not there, you know what I mean? You know, maybe they'll, you know, the guys will get to know. I, I get to know whether the guy's a hard worker. But if you're going to ask me the first, the number one thing, for me, it's work ethic. I mean, the bottom line, look, the bottom line is you have to have ability. And the guys we all see have a certain amount of ability. We bring guys to the academy with ability. But the bottom line is if a guy doesn't have a, a good work ethic and, you know, doesn't have a good mindset, he's not going to, you know, he has some bad habits, whatever they may be, um, you know, that guy's not. It's going to be. Tr- it's going to be tough for him to make it, because you know it, it's so hard to make it. So if a guy, you know, doesn't work hard and doesn't give you 100% every day, the guy that works harder winds up being better than him, and the coaches don't even want to put up with guys that don't want to work hard. I mean, it's just too much. It's a long day. So anyway, you know, what, what I'm saying is, I think the work ethic. You know, it's always going to help with talent. If you have talent and work ethic, you wind up being a superstar, in my opinion, or a very good player. That's just my opinion. Yeah, and, e- and even if you have the talent and the work ethic, there's so many other players that that you you deal with that have a similar level of talent and work ethic. Correct. And and, and you know, with with the guys that get drafted like this year, like Alec Bohm, he's he's already been through sure. college. He's he's a lot more mature. Sure. He's obviously closer to the majors. How is it that that you have to participate in getting the organization to be patient with these guys? Because they're, I mean, some of the guys that we look at, that we go down and see, they've been in the organization since they were 16. Sir Anthony sure. Dominguez is now 23, and he's right. now, he's he's budding. So it, it, does there come a time where you have to sit down as the organization and your staff? And and have these tough discussions and almost have to to be advocates for these these young men 
as to look, you got to be more patient. Just with be them. a little more patient. Yeah, a little well, while longer. Well, like, like, like you know, we right. pre- we preach that on the show a lot because everybody wanted to give up like a Mickey Moniac after five minutes, and it turns out now he's turning <laughs> it around. And Jalen uh, Ortiz, who you may have had a lot to do with, sure. he, he had a little tough beginning, and now he's turning it on. But it requires a level of patience. That that how do you deal with that, and how do you that, educate? That with the all team? due respect, Phillies fans don't often have. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you know that's another great question. The the bottom line is this: Joe Jordan's our minor league director. You know, with Brian Minetti, who's now here, and Matt, and all the guys involved. And I'll be I'll be quite frank with you. You know, you guys know I've been with the Phillies for almost thirty years now. I I got traded here in nineteen eighty nine from the Cardinals, and I've been here for. I will say this, and and, and it's not. Just, just kind of saying it to say it. It's the honest to God truth is that our minor league people with Manzalino and all the guys that are out there, Andy Abad and Joe Jordan, they understand. First of all, Joe Jordan was a scouting director. He understands patience. Um, I think these guys trust me and our staff. We have a great relationship with the minor leagues. I mean, when I go in there, I'm, I'm in there every spring training. I give them my opinion. If I give my opinion, they all listen. Um, they, they put guys where we think they should go. We talk. They put guys where they think they should go. We all work together. And to be quite frank with you, that's what you need to have. I, I feel nothing like if there's something I don't see, I see, I call and I say, hey, Joe, you know, this kid, I think, you know, you could do a little better. We're bringing him over. Joe or Joe will call me and we'll talk about a kid coming over from the Dominican Republic. We have a great relationship. We don't take things personal. I think that the overall atmosphere with the Phillies is, is a family. I think uh, we all get along. And, I mean, is there times we get in arguments about players? We really get in arguments. I think we all know the players that are good. Um, but overall, I just think that, yeah, the people get tired of looking at a guy occasionally. Yeah, I think that one thing I will tell you is that the Philadelphia Phillies will exhaust a player with talent to the end. I really believe that. And I think that it's a testament to our minor league staff because, you know, it really is. If I called him up tomorrow and said, hey, Joe, let's do this with this guy. He'd say, okay, let's, you know, I'll see what you're saying. Well, let's work it out. You know, it's, it's not that. There's not a lot of ego involved. So that's what makes it all work. And I think it's evident at the big league level, you know, with all the young guys we have up there and the talent we have, I think we've been fortunate enough with our minor league people. And I think it's all a family and it's a very good system between scouting and development, usually scouting and development. Heads, but not here. So you've you've come a long way because in '93, when you, they asked you to be a scout, <laughs> I read that yeah. your response was, "The only thing I know about scouting is that it's old guys in chairs." So, <laughs> so it seems I got heat on that one. it seems like you've gotten <laughs> past that and and come around. And I mean, it seems like you've really not only developed yourself, but I mean, I like to hear how you credit other people. To me, that's a sign of good leadership. Well, somebody who, who, who gives credit rather than takes credit. And, and it's what's most impressive is the team that you've put around yourself. Because clearly you can't find all these people by yourself. But to delegate the no. responsibility to other people and then trust them that they're going to bring you somebody that isn't going to put you out on the line, what was it like to sort of make that adjustment and build that system up for you personally? Well, you know, it all started, it was funny because I'm Italian, obviously. <laughs> My name's Chucky. I mean, you guys could kind of figure that out, but, you know, I took Spanish. I have a degree in Spanish and I've always, you know, played in the minor leagues. It was easy because, you know, my parents were both from Italy and I spoke Italian. It was a very easy transition to, you know, kind of pick up Spanish and, 
And my father always told me, hey, take Spanish because, you know, Italy's one country and you could take Spanish. And, you know, as, as I went along, I, you know, I met a lot of the Spanish guys and, and we, we wound up being, you know, good friends. And, and, and I got lucky enough to, to be in the position I am by, by basically, you know, learning the, 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 the language. You follow what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, basically, at the end of the day, that's, I think that that's what got me to be, you know, to be where I am. And I, I got to give thanks to a guy like Mike Arbuckle who allowed me to hire the people, you know, back then when I started, you know, you know, and, and build a staff. It was hard to do it. But at the end of the day, little by little by little, you know, you, you kind of figure out the, the qualities and people that I play with. I try to hire guys that I play with in the minor leagues um, that had good work ethic. And then me and Jesus Mendez, Chalau Mendez, uh, would, would sit down and talk about the people. And, you know, anybody I really wanted to go with, Benny Looper, we'd sit down and we'd talk about guys. And, you know, we'd hire the guys that we thought were best for the job. And I, it was difficult. It took a long period of time. But one thing I do, you know, think that overall is – cohesiveness over a period of time we've kept our group together so long and to keep this group is so important and i think over a period of time if you can keep a group together that has ability and the people have work ethics and they love the organization and they love the way they're treated you have to treat people good if you treat them good they'll treat you good and the organization has treated us well and they've treated all our staff and we continue to add like what Brian Manetti always says, it's one thing he always, he's always like, hey, Sal, let's always find the best people. And it, as we go along, we just keep hiring good people, and they make us look good. So wow. that's why I always give kudos to those people. So it's been a little bit of, you know, it's been it's been hard. It's been a long period of time. It's been 21 years, 22 years. But, you know, over the period of time, you know, we've got – I think we've gotten to the staff where we're pretty good at what we do. Mm-hmm. I mean, just – as well as we can be. As you can probably tell, we are very interested in the process and the struggles that, that you help players overcome, and we'd love to have you back on again in the future to talk a little more about it because it's fascinating to us. We really appreciate the time today, Sal. No, I appreciate you guys having me on, and uh, you know, I know we get talking a little bit. I love talking about ball. Anytime you guys want me, I'm always free to talk to you guys. I just want to always thank all the guys that work for me and the guys that are above me. So, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we're all working this together, and uh, hopefully we'll continue to put some – hopefully we get another ring. That's what I'm looking for. That's what we want. We'll thank all the guys above you, all the guys working with you, and, and thank you for your time. We'll definitely call you again, Sal. Thanks so much. All right, guys. Thanks for having me on. Have thank a great so one. Jeff, I could talk to him all day long. I, I just – I mean, I love the stories, hearing about it. Um, it's, the pe- it's the people behind the scenes that have to do all of this work that make what we see – turn out to be what we love i enjoyed your question about patience because it's not always the best virtue of fans fans in general how many how many phillies fans would have waited for sir anthony dominguez at 16 well now say seven years later now he's you know blown people away now they're definitely happy about it so i'm glad we got to talk to him uh, we will be on next week, and then we'll be headed out to Lehigh Valley again. So we'll have plenty more for you. Thank you, everybody, for joining us this week. Make sure to join us next Friday night to help you start your weekend in style. Have a great one, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.